Hey everyone, welcome to Comedy History 101. We have a very special episode for you today on the history of Pepe the Frog, which goes along with the release of the new documentary, Feels Good Man. Yes, you'll learn how a beloved cartoon character got co-opted by the alt-right. But before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcast, or on our site, ComedyHistory101.com. Also, on October 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be live-streaming my solo show, Harmon Leon Infiltrates Trump America. You can catch it on twitch.tv slash comedyhistory101. It features my true life exploits going out undercover in disguise and infiltrating the complete shit show, which is Trump America. And now, without further ado... Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. Comedy History 101. I've just always been into drawing. It takes tons of time to come up with a character. And then eventually it was Pepe. It's a happy little frog. He liked drinking and hanging out. He became Boys Club. It's one of the funniest comics of the last 10 years. Feels good, man. That was the frame that started it all. And yes, what you heard there was a clip from the new documentary, Feels Good, Man, which chronicles... Would you, Scott, would you say the rise and fall of Pepe the Frog? I think, yeah, I think you could, you could, uh, or even, but, but there's a twist at the yeah, end. Yeah, but don't say anything. I know there's going to be don't, some spoilers. Don't say anything, yeah. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. I am Harmon Leon. With me, of course, is Scott Kalanico. Scott, when you hear the name, Peppy the Frog, what comes to mind? Uh, a blonde-haired Pepe standing at the presidential podium, ready to take over the world. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so basically what t- also ties in this episode is, like I said, there's a new documentary. It's called Feels Good Man, directed by Arthur Jones. It won the awards at Sundance Film Festival, and it chronicles the life of Peppy the Frog. Which is, first of all, we saw the documentary, right? Yes, we both did. Yes, I, I think. And, and, and did we love it or, or extremely love it? We loved it. We loved it. <laughs> I really liked it. I saw it like I watched it twice. In the two, two nights in a row I watched, <laughs> I watched it because I, I, I just thought it was a great documentary. Because I think what a lot of people think of Peppy the Frog, they think of the alt-right and they don't realize that Peppy the Frog had a whole entire life of its own as a cartoon, as a beloved cartoon, as a matter of fact, before the, the evil internet came in and co-opted 
Peppy the Poor Frog. Poor old Peepee. Yeah, I first heard about it on a uh, another podcast, uh, on that Reply All podcast. But this was like in 2016, maybe. So I guess maybe right when they were the Trump people were just getting used a lot in the Trump stuff. Uh, but they had reported on it back then about, uh, you know, what was going on with Pepe. Yes, but to, to know your future is to know your past. So, Scott, do you have the Wayback Portal jetpack? Uh, is that what we're you calling can call the Wayback Why don't you just call it the, the comedy, history, the comedy history, history portal? Comedy history history machine. All right, yeah. so let's go back to around 2005 in San Francisco, where I used to live, and I was living in San Francisco in 2005. Matt Fury is the cartoonist who created Peppy the Frog. And, and Scott, this, are you ready for your mind to be blown? I'm ready. He created it while working at Community Thrift Store in the Mission District in San Francisco. Uh, he would draw it in the back office of Community Thrift. And Scott, what has two thumbs and lived right across from Community Thrift in San Francisco at one time in his life? My grandmother. The co-host of Comedy History 101. No, we we, so, we also figured out my grandmother used to live down the block from you. On, on really? Guerrero. Did she? Yeah, back in the old What was day. her favorite burrito product? I don't know. Was it I, Umbras, like mine? I think it was before they invented burritos. Ah, yeah, because it was, um, just trivia, the burrito was invented in the Mission District yeah. of San Francisco. Mm, delicious. I, I wish I had a burrito tonight. Well, it was more like a taco. Yeah, so Scott, anyways, this the, the document, what I liked about the documentary was it, it both kind of just how you know, memes get co-opted on the internet, but it also brought me back to kind of like the crazy art time of San Francisco before San Francisco got co-opted by <laughs> Twitter yeah, and, and, and Uber headquarters and Facebook and all that. So, and, and it's really funny. So Peppy the Frog was uh, created by cartoonist Matt Fury. It was originally in a comic called Boys Club. Do you know anything about Boys Club? Um, I read a couple issues. It's all, it was a very simply drawn. It was all black and white. That's the interesting thing is that it was the original comic was in black and white. So Pepe himself was black and white, not uh, colored as he would come to be later on. Yeah. And so this is like a very 2000 thing. It, it showcased a, a bunch of slacker roommates who were amp? I can't say this word. Amphipomorphized, yeah. which means half human, half right. animal, and they're kind of like uh, you know, kind of parting, like slacker type, hedonistic, mischievous. I think would be way you call it. You know, fans of stoner comedies and black humor were fans of Peppy the Frog. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and Pepe Pepe within the his catchphrase was should we say it together? Feels, Feels good, good, man. man. <laughs> yeah, so much so that uh, I think the most iconic image at the time of boys' club was Pepe peeing into a toilet with his pants all the way at his ankles, and he's saying the catchphrase. Feels good, man. I think they they elaborate on that in the movie, right? Don't they? Wasn't it one of Matt Fury's friends who uh, would do that? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it was like his oh, roommate. Yeah, and then his girlfriend was the butt or something. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, another tie-in. Uh, she used to work at the Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco. So I actually, um, you know, seeing the documentary, I almost positive I I, I saw 
Matt Fury around San Francisco because not only did he work at Community Thrift, but his girlfriend worked at the Punchline, and he looks like just crazy familiar when I when I saw the documentary. Yeah, yeah. So you probably you're hanging out with him. You didn't even know it. Kind of like so, like me and Matthew McConaughey. Did you guys hang? Uh, he was a. He, did you hang around? No. The here's here's going, the thing. He was. Yeah, he was. The older we get, the two, young, they always stay the same. Two things, dude. So he was at. <laughs> yeah. He was at UT at St. Thomas. I was there, and his his personal manager is a guy who went to my high school. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. So. Did you know his manager? Yeah, I knew. I, yeah, manager? I knew. No, he was in my grade. Yeah, so that was kind of. Yeah, didn't also the 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 uh, um. I call them the bottle rocket guys. Oh, like Anderson. Yeah, yeah. They they were there at UT at the same time I was too. So I wonder if I ever saw them, but I don't remember them. Yeah, maybe you saw them at uh, the Belvedere. No, no. On, uh, Force I, I was in I was I was in film school with Robert Rodriguez, so that was my one connection. Oh, wow. Yep. So Pepe Pepe came about at a time bef- right before Facebook. So so Scott, do you know? Where Pepe achieved its its first sort of notoriety, uh, what platform? Uh, well, I believe that was when uh, Matt Fury started posting posting Pepe over to uh, a, a um, an internet platform known as MySpace for the for the kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just so funny. Like, remember MySpace? Yeah. I'm almost like misty uh, <laughs> sentimental about my MySpace just because this because Facebook has just turned into kind of a juggernaut yeah. of mining your data mm-hmm. and posting right-wing propaganda, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but most particularly because they mine all your data and sell it. It almost makes like MySpace just seem so innocent. Yeah, Tom. And it was innocent. And that was kind of where uh, Pepe started getting a following. That and Tumblr. Tumblr, dude. Is Tumblr still around? That's still around, right? I think it's still yeah, okay. around. Okay. Uh, the yeah, kids are into um, that. Yeah. Could, yeah. If Tumblr's still around, just someone comments <laughs> on it. On Tumblr. So Matt Fury created Boys Club with Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> and the predecessor, the predecessor of Boys Club, which also featured Peppy and all the characters, was a cartoon called Playtime. Mm-hmm. And so the director, the director, uh, Arthur Jones, said Matt was part of a community of cartoonists in the mission during his time period, but it's an echo of the community of cartoonists from the weirdo era, weirdo, the comic book, noting that San Francisco, you know, cartoonist scene, comic book scene stems, you know, back to say, you know, Robert Crumb and those type of artists. City lights, man. And also just, yeah, city light books, but also another thing I note in, in when I lived in San Francisco, there was a place called last gas publishing, that would publish a lot of the, the comic books in San Francisco and also be a distribution house. And they would have kind of what I would consider my office holiday party because they, they would have a great holiday party at their warehouse. And then all these San Francisco, you know, cartoonists and, and book people would always be there and uh, free burritos. Oh, man, free burritos from the mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Scott, did the story end there? Matt puts the cartoon up on MySpace. The end? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. So Matt put a cartoon up on MySpace, and then uh, users from a little internet board called 4chan started um, 
using the wait wait say 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 4chan once again 4chan what uh, okay <laughs> okay yeah um so they started posing but a lot of it um apparently it started out in a um a bodybuilding forum where people would like be posting the pictures of pepe you know with his feels good man you know during after workouts and stuff yeah so it started popping up as memes first for the uh workout yeah. And then I think it was 2008, suddenly a Peppy song popped up on YouTube. Hey, Peppy, I heard you pull your pants down all the way to go pee. Feels good, man. Feels good, man. And then there was other there was other memes like popping up. There was one with John Goodman. That said, feels good, man. That's funny. Good, feels good, man. Yeah, the same year in 2008, uh, Pepe found, uh, PP found a permanent place on the 4chan slash B board. Um, so it's kind of been described as the permanent home for Pepe, Pepe memes. Yeah, so Pepe was seen by the 4chan crowd. How would you describe the 4chan crowd? Is incel? Kind, Is that yeah, are we going to get kind of, Zoom bomb by <laughs> making fun of don't, don't, we see what happened to Pepe. What are they going to yeah, do to I us? I don't know, dude. Don't, don't, don't make us into memes. Yeah. 4chan. The incels or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the basement people. Yeah. So they sort of saw like Pepe, they, they adopted like Pepe as their mascot because it kind of summed up the drop out of Society live in your mom's basement philosophy of the acronym uh, NEET, N-E-E-T, not in education, right. employment, <laughs> training. training. Yep. Yeah, so they would create, you know, memes about Pepe through that. And that's where Pepe actually first started to be actually colorized because, uh, like you said, uh, the cartoon was in black and white. But then it started getting a lot of popularity and then people outside the 4chan community started ad- adapting Peppy. You know, people, the no- celebrities like Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj. The, the normies. The normies, yeah. as they call the them. Normies. Yes, yes, yes. And what, what were they doing with when when it, Peppy started becoming mainstream? Well, that was kind of at the same time that Instagram started up. So people were posting, like in particular, what you just said, like Katy Perry posted a, a Pepe on Instagram. So that, you know, is still getting likes to this day. Yeah, you saw that in the documentary. People, like, it was mostly, like, attractive women were kind of painting their faces green and doing, like, peppy impersonations. Mm -hmm. So, Scott... How did that go over with the fortune? Oh man, the the neat the neat incels didn't care for that. They don't like the normies, man. They don't mix well with the normies. <laughs> and, and and how did they react to the normies co-opting? See, there's so many co-opting Peppy in this story. How did they react to the normies co-opting? Pepe? Well, then, well, then they created like kind of evil Pepe's to like kind of force the normies away from from using Peppy anymore. So um, he Pepe got kind of angry and mean and and Nazified. But th- again, it was like this was before it was. Well, I don't know. There's probably a crossover between alt right and 4chan, but they started like trying to make Pepe as offensive as possible to scare off the normies. Yeah, we don't we don't want the normies. As described in the documentary, it was like it was done. You know, just kind of like stay away from our character. You can't have it, normies. We'll Nazify it. But 
Here's the problem with that. When you start Nazifying it, real Nazis are going to pick up on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is exactly what happened. Yes. So, so Scott, what? how did it create the segue? What little event happened in 2016 where Pepe took yet another 180 turn in its co-opness? Well, one of the, the first things, or one of the main things that happened is that Pepe... Poor little sad Pepe was tweeted as a was tweeted by the presidential the presidential nominee himself Donald Trump uh, a Pepe with with a suit behind a presidential podium with with uh, uh, fake blonde hair. Yeah. So again, this is described in the documentary. Uh, the 4chan crowd saw Trump in the same way of what they were doing. They they were internet trolls, and they saw. Trump as the most grandiose troll of them all. Like, just for example, of how he would just troll Hillary Clinton and just say the most outrageous thing at the debates. He was a living embodiment of a Nazi-fied, outrage everyone, Mm -hmm. Pepe. And did did Hillary Clinton help matters any? (laughs) No. In in all this? No, no, no. That's when she she declared, uh, she called all Trump supporters, was it a bucket of deplorables? Yeah. (laughs) And then... um, there was a there was a an occasion it's it's uh, documented in the in the documentary documented in the documentary where um some supporter actually yelled out pepe at, at some uh, clinton speech yeah and you can hear it yeah. it got picked up by all the news like you had Rachel Maddow on MSNBC noting you know quoting like pepe <laughs> but then also uh kind of the image of pepe turned do you know how it turned, Scott? No, Harmon, tell me. It went from a frown or a smile to kind of a, a smug little, like, smarmy smug kind of look Pepe. on Pepe, yes, and he's got his thumb on his chin like he's thinking about something. Well, just sort of like he's sort of all-knowing, you know, like, kind of like, what? how am I offensive? Mm-hmm. I'm just a cartoon frog. Yeah. But around the same time, he started... Popping up on like the banners of the homepage of Daily Stormer, the white supremacist you know website. Okay, just I'm just gonna fact check you here, Harmon, because because yeah. I I went over there. <laughs> That's gonna be my, my it's on my internet record now. But I did go over to that this aforementioned webpage, and there is no Pepe up there. Well, there's reasons why it's not up there because a lawsuit. Ensued. Oh, really? What happened? One more thing oh. before that. You're, you're Matt Fury. You created Peppy. And before this, you didn't even really know what memes are. And then suddenly, like, your your best friend gets a Peppy tattoo, like, in the 2000s. And then suddenly, Peppy the Frog becomes, like, the symbol of alt-right America. In that legendary clip where Richard Spencer gets punched in the face mm-hmm. yeah. while, while on camera. He's telling the, the news reporter who asks, what's what's that on your jacket? And he goes, it's Peppy the Frog. And then boom, he gets punched <laughs> in the face. Yeah, classic, classic YouTube video. Again, it's like, why is it, you know, it, it, it was just part of overall smug alt-right culture where you go, 
well, well, why is that offensive? It's just a cartoon frog. Mm -hmm. So because of this, the uh, Anti-Defamation League in 2016 listed Matt Fury's (laughs) creation as a hate symbol. Oh, poor pee-pee. Which made Fury launch the hashtag Save Peppy campaign on Twitter, and he flocked to have it taken off the ADL list. And as you saw in the documentary, not very successful. No, actually, he the ADL worked with him on the Save Peppy cam- campaign. Um, and actually, and I just checked today; it's still old. P- oh, poor really? old, poor old PP is still on the. <laughs> he's still up there on the list. Yeah, and the thing with like Matt Fury is like after he did Peppy, he did like some kids book, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So he's not like he seems like a very nice guy, and he had a whole line of T-shirts ready to be distributed yeah. <laughs> to like clothing stores, and then it got put on the ADL list. <laughs> yeah, so. and, and there's like no, I mean, again, they had to have them all destroyed because you could say it's not evil, but you know that the alt-right people would buy right. the shirts. Co-opted. They would co-opt it. Yeah. So because of that, Matt Fury decided to kill off Pepe. Oh, oh PP. Yeah. He said he died. Yeah. 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 So they had him killed off in the cartoon and... And his animal roommates were all there at the open casket funeral. But what finally made Fury lawyer up? Well, that's because uh, well, one of our favorite um, <clears throat> uh, one of our favorite conspiracy conspiracy theorists, a- Alex Jones from Infowars, um, started using uh, Pepe on some of his marketing material. I think it was on a T-shirt or a flag. That he had him on. It was it was a poster. Okay, it had yeah. like uh, Trump. Oh, that's and right. Pepe yeah, the poster. Yeah, maybe Stephen Miller. I don't know. <laughs> you mean the Steve Miller from the Steve Miller band? <laughs> no, oh. Stephen Miller, as in he sort of looks like Pepe himself as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it was along with Alex Jones using it and a alt right cartoonist who created a Pepe book. That was Islamic phobic aimed at children. Yeah, that's 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 that makes you lawyer up, and that's, so he uh, uh, he found a Matt Fury found a pro bono law firm who was going to uh, help him out, and they jumped on board and they started defending uh, the copyright. Yeah. So what do you, you saw the the excerpts from uh, the deposition? Yeah. Um, in the in the uh, documentary, what was yeah. your take on that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, Alex Jones, kind of. Fun to watch. Alex yeah, it's Jones always fun. Always fun to watch. <laughs> always fun to watch Alex Jones squirm. Uh, yeah, you know, just um, you know him trying to be Alex Jonesy, Matt Fury trying to just you know answer the questions that were put to him, trying to maintain his calm. But like, I mean, I've never, I've never been deposed, so I wouldn't know how I'd handle something like that. Yeah, Matt Fury won the copyright case again. I thought it's like sort of like how Al Capone was brought down on tax evasion charges. Yeah. So they brought. So that's why you're not seeing it on the Daily Stormer uh, homepage anymore. Okay. Because I I believe they took on like 75 different people. The law firm mm-hmm. sued like about 75 different people, including Alex Jones and the author of the Islamic phobic children's book. Yeah. They won the Alex Jones case. Did you ever find out 
how much I did. I, I was gonna that was gonna be my trivia question. Can you, you take a ah nice okay. Take a take a guess. What do you? Because they actually they don't they in the documentary they never mention the the amount of money. Yeah. But Alex Jones is always laughing it off. But what do what do you? How much? Yeah. So what do you think? Well, let's see. So Alex Jones, how they laughed out on Infowars was <laughs> that that's like less than we spend at a strip club in a night. <laughs> And then Matt Fury goes, that's more than I made <laughs> yeah. you know, over anything I've done. Yeah. How, how much, I, I would say $70,000. Uh, go lower. Oh, 40? <laughs> uh, lower. <laughs> 10,000? 10, 10, it was, was $15,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so that's yeah, still 15000 Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the principal. And the principal. Exactly. And no more pee-pee with Alex Jones. Yeah, and almost no more Alex Jones. Yeah, just too. about, man. No more Alex Jones, yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll hear about Alice Jones later on because you know one of the one of the the leading ways in which QAnon leaked out into the public was when uh, somebody from Infowars went on a uh, uh, QAnon guy went on to Infowars and like did a, the first big interview about it, uh, but like a, a non Alex Jones version of Infowars. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, uh. So so Scott, the third act. Of the PP story, what happened in August 2019? Well, that's when we had a bunch of um, protests in Hong Kong. They were protesting against the government now, but against the uh, Chinese government's extradition treaty and other things that were going on down there. And one of the symbols that the protesters turned to use as a form of a symbol of peaceful protest was none other than our beloved Pepe the Frog. What? Yes, yes, he came full circle to like peaceful, yeah. peace loving Pepe. Yeah, and so the uh, the symbol they used was Pepe with an injured eye being held by a young nurse <laughs> with one eye covered, and it gained sympathy uh, and international media attention. And the thing is, in Hong Kong, they weren't aware of the United States alt right connection to Pepe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so, somebody knew something. That's all I'm going to say. You don't. People don't just randomly pick this symbol and then not know. Just, I, there's no way. I, I don't really believe that. <laughs> it's a nice story. Well, maybe that's the official. That's story. That's the official story. I don't. I don't really believe that. I think there's just way too much. I mean, there's no. There's no way they could not know of the usage of of Pepe before that. No way. But regardless, uh, Fury responded in email with a protester stating, this is great news, Pepe, for the people. Yeah, exactly. Well, we all we want Pepe to be for the people. Yeah, so Scott, any, any other takeaways on the history of Pepe the Frog or just in general, uh, you know, cartoon images being co-opted along the way? Um, let's see. Number one, be careful what you put on MySpace, and they make really good burritos in San Francisco. Here, here, <laughs> here, and that does it for the the history of Pepe the Frog. And with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, Harmon, um, right now it seems to be all film festival stuff is winding down. So what I do have is another YouTube channel and a podcast that 
that Harmon and I sometimes do, but mostly do the YouTube channel called This is a President, where we, we dig into presidential history and all find all sorts of audio goodness. I just put up a, a, a video this week of the infamous um, showdown between the singer Eartha Kitt and Lyndon Johnson. Uh, I found a bit of audio that has been pre- previously lost uh, in the uh, LBJ archives. Put that up on the internet and you can go watch this. I'll see what See what Eartha Kitt said to LBJ in his very own house. Uh, that's over on the YouTube channel. This is the president. Here, here, here. And for me, next Thursday, October 1st, 8 p.m., I'll be live streaming my solo show, Harmon Leon Infiltrates Trump America, about my true life exploits going out undercover in disguise and infiltrating the complete shit show, which is Trump. America, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash comedy history 101. And as always, please take time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101 wherever you get your podcasts or on our site, comedyhistory101.com. And with that, thanks a lot for tuning in and bye bye. Bye Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.